This is Infection, the survival podcast, recorded live on Tuesday, April the 5th, 2022, episode 377. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of Infection, the survival podcast. My name is Nick Craig. You can check me out on various social media platforms by visiting my website at nickcraig.com or nickcraig.net. And you can check out my daily political antics by visiting and downloading the Wilmington's Morning News podcast. Of course, if you missed any portion of this program or want to get more information about it, you can visit our website, which is infectionpodcast.com. Joining me as he does each and every week is the man that they call Brian with an I, Aldrich. Hello, Brian. How are you? Hello. I'm doing very well. And uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us again. I'll get my contact info out of the way. If you want to find me at Brian Aldrich on Gab, Parlor, Getter, and whatever else I'm sure rolls its way in the future. Uh, if you want to check out my blog, it's biteoftech.com. And, of course, our website, if you go to infectionpodcast.com, make sure you first go to our Discord. And that's where uh, we have ARC servers, we have, we talk politics, we've got uh, health channel, we've got all kinds of things. But there's also a news channel. And if there's a topic that you think we should be covering that we're not, I encourage you to go to put a link in there and we will review that before the live show. Uh, and that way, you know, if it's, it's something that's relevant, we'll talk about it. Uh, if you uh, if you want to listen or watch the show, you can do that through the Twitch, YouTube, BitChute, and DLive links. Those are live and after the fact. Uh, but if you're wanting to listen, that is something that we record and then upload to your uh, favorite podcatcher. So uh, select that at the lower right-hand side. We've got all different uh, ways that you can listen. And then if you are going to listen, I encourage you to go to the particular episode that you're going to be listening to because we have links and uh, built-in players that you can use to listen or watch that and uh, links for every topic that we discuss, whether it's uh, notes, uh, patch notes, or perhaps uh, links to uh, source material. All of that's in there, and it makes it really easy to follow along, even if you're just listening. So, uh, And if you want to support us, just go to support tab up top or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support, where there's Prime Gaming subs, Humble Bundle, all kinds of different things that uh, people can do to support us for when hopefully we have an in-person meeting gathering again. Well, I guess we need to start off with that. Speaking of an in-person in uh, gathering, well, there is not going to be one this year for the yes. typically one of the largest, at least uh, let's call it on the Western, uh, in the Western Hemisphere, I guess you call it the yeah. largest video game conference, um, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, which nobody refers to it as, but E3, which has kind of gone through a, a, a whole bunch of stuff. It, I, I want to say it maybe started in the late 90s or maybe early 2000s when E3 really kind of became um, you know, a prevalent thing. And for a period of time, up until just a few years ago, Brian, it was the premier gaming event. All, everybody was there, the big boys, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, uh, Ubisoft, Activision, everybody was there. And over the past... Um, I guess you call it maybe five years or so, you've slowly started to see larger companies like Sony and Microsoft dip out of the event. Of course, Blizzard does their own thing with BlizzCon. The event has really kind of wilted to a point in which there's not yeah. really a whole hell of a lot there. Um, and out of yep. the blue, they announced uh, just a few days ago that E3 2022 is canceled. No virtual, yep. which is what they've done in years past. Um completely canned 
Nothing. Hmm. No, nothing from E3 this year. Um, yeah, nothing. Do you, do you, what do you think is the reasoning behind this? What do, you, do you think it's I, financial? I do you think there's not enough companies interested? There's too much tension in the world. A lot of companies probably aren't feeling like traveling <laughs> right I, now in, from Europe. I don't know, and that's what I find so interesting is because if if it if that was the case, let's say it was a travel issue like we've had in years past, which is still which is still a problem, then why don't they do it virtual? They they did it virtual last year, and now while it was not your traditional E three, they still did it. They still had all of the things going on, and in some way, shape, or form, they still put on a show, and that's why yeah. that's why I don't know. I don't know what the issue is. And, and again, it's, it's an odd thing to say, hey, we canceled the event yeah. in 2022, but don't worry, we're back and at it on, on 2023. Now, maybe they're just, you mentioned something, maybe it's the idea that, um, you know, there's just not that much to talk about. So maybe they're just going to take it off for a year and, and put that into planning for 2023. Um, but they, they say, quote, E3 will return in 2023 with a revigorated showcase that celebrates new and exciting video games and industry innovations. Um, there is a huge problem though, Brian, they've lost all of the major publishers and major companies. EA, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, Bat, Blizzard, none of those companies are Look at Microsoft, who just by themselves can create a convention like this with their products, because they got yeah. BlizzCon. You know, they've got all these these building you know, people that are into Call of Duty, all of these different groups. They could do a convention, a gaming convention, just with their own products of giving announcements of things coming for the year, and then yeah. they could also invite other people if they wanted to, if they have partners for some reason. Uh, E3 is just kind of lost, especially with all the COVID things having it to where there isn't the in-person once people break that routine, it's hard to get it back. You know, and I think that a lot of people who probably were convention hopping usually are people that are more uh, afraid of COVID. I mean, just to be straightforward. And I think that a lot of those people were scared to, to go to these things. And even when they said, Oh, we're opening it up. A lot of those people didn't show up. And I think that they're scared. They're going to lose the lose a lot on this you know if, if they open the doors because people aren't going to show up it's going to just it's going to make the vendors that do bother to show up not want to come back because it was so bad you know, i think they just don't want to deal with that the economy's bad I, I think there's a lot of issues right now and look at the price of gas and, and food and everything to send these people out there is just going to be a huge price well, and, and it is and i agree with everything you said but in the same vein, they're saying, well, we're going to redo it for 2023 and it's going to be great. No, I don't understand what's going to yeah. change. You're still not going to have the major companies for, for whatever reason. And I don't know what the reason is. Uh, maybe maybe it's cost, but the major companies have all decided they don't want to get behind this trade show. Now, I have to believe yeah. that there's more behind the scenes than that, because mm-hmm. there are other trade shows, Brian, that have existed for well longer than e3 you're going back to the 70s and 80s industry events that most people have never even heard of they don't even know exist that happen year in and year out if i was guessing and i have no evidence to back this up but it's not going to stop me from saying it um there is i i would guess that there is some and when i say political i'm not talking about democrat versus republican i'm talking about like inner working politics of the organization e3 yeah. That's turning off these companies. 
I just can't think yeah. of anything else that would cause them to all say, screw it, we're not going to go to this big trade show. There's just got to be something about either E3, the organization, the venue where it takes place, or some, there has got to be something more than just it costs too much. Because let's be honest, but, for Microsoft and Sony, the cost to go to this, Brian, is meaningless. It, it, it's meaningless. Who, there, there's really no expense. It, it is a very... For all the money that these companies spend on advertising and marketing, we're not talking about a big expense for them in the grand scheme of things. So I don't necessarily yeah. think I just buy in the fact that it's cost. It's got to be something else. Well, was this was E three one that was mostly like press and things that would go to it back in the day? Yeah. So up until just a few years ago, I want to say. 2017, 2018, maybe 2016, yeah. you couldn't even go to E3. It was a press-only event, and you had to be yeah. media. In years, in, in the last few years prior to their 2020 uh, E3 Expo, they, uh, they started allowing individuals to purchase tickets and kind of yeah. hybrid it between E3, which has always been a big press event, and then kind of like yeah. some PAX stuff too, where PAX, yes, while it does have a press side of it, the big get is the convention floor where all of the vendors are, where all of the booths are, and where everybody's kind of co-mingling. E3 didn't have that. They've tried to bring that in. Maybe that's another part of it is that for these companies, they'd rather be more intermingled or co-mingled with actual players and their actual yeah. audience instead of a stage. And if that's the case, why are they not telling this to E3 and why is E3 not adopting? I mean, literally, with all of the companies that have dropped out, all somebody has to yep. do is come together, and I know easier said than done. All somebody's got to do, and maybe it's the guy from the Game Awards, just needs to come together and get these companies in the same room and say, what do we need to do to get you guys back in person for some sort of event? It doesn't need yeah. to be this huge, extravagant thing where you're spending a million dollars on a venue and this crazy stage like in years past, but what do we have to do as an industry to get you guys back in some same room? Or in the same event yeah. or the same venue. Because that's incredibly important for an industry, Brian. Whether yeah. Microsoft likes it or not, or whether Sony or Nintendo likes it or not. Having that cohesiveness in a single venue that is known as the industry event for the year is incredibly important. It still happens with CES. CES has been going yeah. on for freaking 50 years. I, I mean, so yeah. I, I just there's got to be something else here. There has to be. Well, I and can't I think, think of anything I think else. the whole... I think the whole way that we learn about games has changed in the past five, ten years for sure. It has. Where before they would tell the the reporters, right, and the the people that were going to record video and everything, they would sit there and tell them about their game, and if they got them hyped about it, they'd go write an article about it. Maybe they do a video on it, and you'd get the Kotaku's and all these the PC gamer, all these places to then write articles and get hype up for your game because they got sneak peeks at those. Well, once they started re letting regular people in there, uh, nobody really cares about what Kotaku's saying because people, you know, people are talking about it online or, or recording video of them playing it, you know, over a shoulder like we we've done. Uh, people are having access to it in a way, and I think people are the companies are making the information public directly to the internet now, where they used to use the the media, the press, but you know that showed up to these events to funnel it out. And I don't think they need that anymore. So I think the whole use of what E3 was went away. And I think they tried to adapt to being, you know, this new type of convention that a lot of these other ones do where it's the, the, 
the people coming and experiencing it. And then COVID, I just think threw them for a loop. You know, would if that's all they had is people coming and seeing it, and then all of a sudden most of your clientele is scared to come. Why are the vendors going to come when you know it's not a press event anymore? So you can't have a limited number of people show up and you know give them that information. They have to have either everybody or nothing. And yes, I agree. The way that we get that information has changed, right? And the idea, the idea of an event like this has changed. And while I completely understand that. I had a CES still happen. That that's kind of where that's yeah. kind of where I fall into the line is that these other major trade events still happen. Or they've got the, the, they probably the do it better. You know, well, and probably that's do my it better point. That's how they've been doing not, it. It's just probably not a good show. Yeah, and that's the thing. I just think they didn't tra- they didn't transition well. I think that's what it comes down to. They weren't able to go from something where they tailored it to all this press and kind of catered to them and you know gave them a really tailored experience to how do you do that for thousands of people, uh, you know, and, and perhaps they're not setting up their venues correctly. You know, I haven't, I went to CES, but I haven't been to E3. Um, you know, well, I don't know also, how they do their, yeah. It's also in Los Angeles. Yeah. Which and, know, and is there's everything a, that works for when you're one of the industry people there, <laughs> the industry people lived around there so they could drive and, and set up their booths and do all that. Uh, you turn around and and move it to Vegas, then all of a sudden they have to leave. Uh, Vegas is where you host it for the people. You know, they yeah. if they want it for the people, put it in Vegas where they can get hotel rooms. Not Precisely. going to Los Angeles. Yeah, uh, it's just that's a, that's the thing. There's something about it. They didn't transition correctly. Their venues made for vendors, where most of those people live in Los Angeles and they work in that area, San Diego, whatever. They're they're close where they can come to it. Uh, it you're not. They, it's not easy. To go and, and do a convention in LA. I personally I wouldn't want to travel there. I mean yeah. that's just my opinion. So uh so no E3 in 2022. Uh the Game Awards according to a tweet from um uh Jeff with the uh Game Awards Summer Game Fest is still happening in June. The video game awards will also be happening. Um so uh there will be a couple of events in that that regard, but uh but no E3, they say they'll be back next year. I would not hold my breath on that uh, being the case. So yeah. there you go. Well, and that's the thing is I think they're just saying that for now, whatever they need to say to where if, Hey, if it does work next year, for some reason, people seem interested, maybe another convention falls through and all of a sudden that's the next best option or something. Uh, leave the door open. But I, yeah, as, you, as I think you're indicating, I would not be surprised if next year we hear the same thing, oh, you know, due to COVID, due to whatever, whatever, uh, we can't do the convention this year. Yeah. So All right. Go. Uh, do you have a preference on on where we go from here? Well, if you would slide over your chair for a second, Brian, uh, we would see that you've got a you've got an interesting backdrop. Unreal Engine, you are full on shilling tonight. There's got to be. I mean, if 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 Epic cut you a check. I was not part of that, and I feel very much I misled. Know, yeah. So, why, why do you have an epic? Why do you have an Unreal Engine background on? What's going on? All right, so they've they've released Unreal Engine five um, out of preview, so okay. it is now into an official release. Uh, I've got a number of videos. One of them is the state of Unreal. That is, I think, a forty five minute video or something. Uh, but it's Tim Sweeney opening up on stage and talking. Uh, who I didn't realize was such such an awkward speaker on stage, <laughs> um, but you know he he uh, he goes through and and talks about the engine, so that's 
uh, worth a watch. Also, they've released the Matrix, oh Matrix God. Awakens I, City. Hold on. I just found... I mean, okay. <laughs> dude, it's the definition of awkward. Okay, but play a little audio so they can hear. Why is there no audio playing? So come join us on the journey, and we'll build this future together. <laughs> Next up, I'd like to introduce Kim LeBerry, CTO of Epic Games. Hello, everybody. I can't believe it's been eight years since we shipped Unreal Engine 4. Oh, my God. This is bad. Maybe this is what's uh, happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So, anyways, uh, that video is there if you would like to watch it. But they have a lot of cool things. It's amazing the number of games that uh, are using Unreal Engine that are AAA-level games now. Uh, but th there, there's a lot of different assets that they have released that are available. Uh, so that whole city that they used in that demo, uh, the AI that walks around the city, a lot of cool things are in there. So uh, if you're interested, if you have a powerful enough computer to sit there and try and run it, you can do that. Um, there's also, I have a, a link that lets you download it from a Google Drive through PC Magazine, a, I don't know if it's a tweet or something. But you can download one that's already built. So if you just want to try the demo and run around on your computer without un installing Unreal Engine 5, you can do that. So it's a, is there a, there's a couple of things. And we can look at some various things. One thing, uh, there is a video from CD Projekt Red where sure. they, they explain why they, um, th there's some information about you know their Unreal Engine 5 choice. But it's you have to go to the PC Gamer one, and it's an embedded Twitter. Okay. So I don't know how well that works for you if you're able to pull it up. It works great for me. Let's uh, let's take a look and see right, what CD Projekt Red has to say. Our cooperation with Epic has just started. It was uh, the shift towards uh, open world support that brought Unreal Engine 5 to our attention. So there was one demo uh, that happened last year that was the medieval environment demo where at one point uh, there's a notice board that looks strangely familiar to things we've done in the past that has even a sign that says Monster Slayer Wanted. And I'm like, hmm, are they are they trying to tell us, you know, come come over to Unreal Engine, look how great your games can look on there? Is, was that was that whole demo made with that nefarious purpose? I don't know, but it definitely definitely caught yes, my eye. Yes, probably. This opens a new chapter for us where we really want yes, to see they, how they our experience in building open world games gets combined with all the engineering power of Epic. One of the things that is really important to keep in mind when, when talking about open world games versus, let's say, more linear games is the possibilities of the things that can go wrong or the, 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 the scenarios that you have to consider are exponentially higher than linear games. Players can go in whatever direction that they want. They can handle content in, in, in any order that they want, theoretically. And to really encapsulate that means that you need a really stable environment where you can be able to make changes with a high level of confidence that it's not going to break in 1,600 other places down the line. Unreal Engine is like a, a toolbox which has a lot of features, a lot of solutions already there that allow teams to just try new stuff. The fact that Unreal is used by a lot of teams already in the world, a lot of perspectives are projected into the design of the tools, and that helps the tool to be way more agile. So all in all, it's a really, really cool technology to like prototype and make environments really quickly, really beautiful, and very realistic. Epic and CD Projekt Red are the two companies that, that really want to achieve something great. We won't stop just you know by uh, developing some features. We, we won't stop there. Yeah, we will continue to to work together to achieve something extraordinary in the end. 
cool. And just, I mean, one thing, just think, because they have the Witcher series, which the new season uh, is being recorded now, and, and they're doing that. Uh, they're probably doing a lot of the filming and using sets in Unreal Engine 5. I, I'd have to look, but I, there probably are. Uh, there's, and this would be a perfect way for them if they need to use any kind of CGI. They've got assets that they can either pull from the game or use in the game if they create something. Because no matter how high resolution it is, you have the ability to throw it into Unreal Engine 5. And usually those assets that they make for film are ultra high realistic. They're not ones that you'd usually throw in a game because they're way too detailed. They're way too realistic. They're way too big. Uh, with the new Unreal Engine 5, that allows that to happen. You can use those giant assets and it won't uh, tank the performance. So it'll be interesting to see how much kind of back and forth with uh, with the new Witcher that they're going to be releasing, how much of that is tied to the show, and are they going to have it to where the people in the show now look like the characters in uh, in the game, you know, more so, but I doubt they'll change. they got to be careful on that because they'll make some people mad if they change some of the characters too much. But I wouldn't be surprised if they had the option with a checkbox, because this is what they've done in the past, to make it to where you use the character from the show and it will look exactly like that person down to the detail. I just I have a feeling that's where we're going. And I, so that seems like a, a good reason. And we've talked about this company and their engine before. They have, they have had this engine and they've been updating it over time. And most of these companies are starting to just realize we're doing so much work just to try to keep up with Unreal Engine. We're, we could be using Unreal Engine and be cutting our budget a ton of what we're doing trying to develop our engine and just improve upon the engine that we're trying to keep up with, right? I think that's the, the new methodology that a lot of them are taking and partnering with Epic on this makes it to where Epic will allow some of their employees to work very closely or in the team with the CD Projekt Red employees. So they'll actually have Epic employees there working with them, helping them to integrate it into the engine and do all this. So it's, it's a win-win for a company like CD Projekt Red because now they can have a game that looks as good as they want without having to try to figure out how to you know get the budget for it to put it, to fix the engine to make it happen. Yeah, so, so I think... Uh, it'll be as, pretty cool. <clears throat> as we mentioned with Microsoft and their kind of... Uh, even though some people disagree with their takeover of um, you know the kind of certain aspects of the gaming industry... I think you can draw some same conclusions with Epic and uh, and what they're doing with the Unreal Engine. Absolutely. Yep, yep. They're uh, taking hold of the market. So if you are interested in checking some of this out, uh, there's I we have a number of link in our sh links in our show notes that you can go through uh, videos that you can watch. Some of those will take you to an Unreal Engine launcher. You can try installing and messing around with it, looking at some of the different things that they offer. But there's a lot of of things. Brian, it's uh, been do you want to keep on? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm just saying it's been it's we've talked a lot about some of the of, of some larger topics over the past couple of weeks, but we've actually got some details about some specific games in this case, mm -hmm. uh, some that are being delayed. Uh, do you want to jump yeah. into that potentially? Sure. So Sons of the Forest, first of all, uh, which is, which what, is by the, way? the well, the, remember the forest <laughs> that we tried playing multiplayer and having a horrible time trying to do multiplayer in it. Well, they are. They made a second one to that, which is Sons of the Forest, and it seemed like it had a lot more story. The graphics are really good. There's a lot more depth to it, 
Uh, but that's been delayed to late 2022. So somewhere at the end of this year, um, you know, and they first announced this back in 2019, hmm. that it's going to be the upcoming sequel to the survival game, The Force, that we've talked about, that we've showed, we've all that we've played, uh, which is a very good single-player survival game. Um, uh, there's not it, a lot of explanation on what to do. You pretty much just start running around and trying to figure out what in the world the world is. I think it's come a long way since we've played it from things I've yeah. seen, not recently, but like within the last couple of years. I think the multiplayer support is a whole hell of a lot better than it used to be. Um, yeah. But, but nevertheless a delay in this now i believe this was supposed to be out um early this year actually excuse me it was intended to launch in 2021 then the delete yeah. then the release date was delayed to early to mid 2022 and now yep. it has been delayed again to late yeah it was supposed to be uh, may and obviously so, we're uh we're there so well my question would be what what do you think what do you think is causing the delay here i mean when you've now delayed your game uh, let's just call it three times um yeah. what what's going on here is it a tech issue is i mean it, what's i what, bet what you, i what, bet they're just probably they're probably struggling with the remote work i i bet you trying to do some of these things that when you're getting to the end of your game of polish you know putting things on the map and, and doing a lot of that which changes your whole map size every time you do it and then save it so if someone does any kind of work you then have to redownload there could be a lot of things that just cause the flow of not being in person that's usually what i've seen uh causes the delays in this for them it could be that they're just struggling you know they they over promised and maybe they're struggling I, if i remember correctly this one's done in unity um I, you know, maybe they're just struggling with trying to hit the vision that they wanted you know they they don't really talk a lot and there wasn't they are definitely trying for something much bigger than an original game and since they've never been able to do it you know i maybe they're finding it more difficult than what they originally intended because their first game was pretty rough at launch maybe oh, that's their goal rough. is to not is not to be rough at launch uh you know and for them to be able to do that you know they're they're having to put in a lot of extra time it's it i think people it's harder than people think to make a game and and to maintain it and to do all this and, well, and the I first wanna... one they probably didn't have all the pressure at the beginning of having a release date when they probably announced their first or just released their first one to the world i want to um i want to make sure we're you know i've got we're some level of consistency with um with how we cover stuff i am not opposed to game delays I have we have yeah. made I've, I've made this point many a times, Brian. You've made a similar point as well. I don't think we're opposed to game delays. What what yeah. at least I'm opposed to is when you just continue to move it back. You as yeah. until a few days ago, the game was coming out in mid 2022. It is already yeah. m almost mid 2022. So you waited until the time frame to push it back why was this not done january 1 when you obviously yep. knew that this game was not going to be ready to go in you know call it three months or four months whatever it might be so i'm yep. perfectly okay with the developer saying it's not ready we need more time but i just i i can't do you think to the economy when they the economy could be another reason if i were a person looking to release a game and I was looking at the economy right now where most people, due to food prices and gas prices, are deciding what they're going to spend their money on. I think this is the worst time to release a game. Well, see, I don't disagree with that, but in the same vein, 
there is so much money in the economy right now. I mean, you look at what's going on with crypto yeah. and NFTs and the stock market, meme stocks. So while, yes, I think there is issue people that are struggling, this economy is also incredibly pushed up by people buying, uh, you know, weird crypto coins and other stupid bullshit yep. like that. So in one in one avenue, yes. In the other avenue, until pe- people are you know currently investing their life savings into uh, you know pictures of dogs on NFTs and and well, calling that a and day. who's so, the, who's the demographic for this game? I don't know who if if they've really looked into. Who's their primary audience? You know, is it high schoolers? Is it people my age? Is it people your age? I don't know who their primary demographic is. Uh, you know, I think that the primary def- demographic of people throwing money at crypto and doing all that is people your age. It well, is, and I think that's the same the, age for this. It, it, I would think, but maybe they don't think so. You know, it, it, or maybe they're like me, and then they only are thinking that you know people that think like them are are, are are doing this. So I don't know. I it, well. Hopefully they'll get a little more information and actually release because they haven't even given a specific, you know, just late 2022. There's no specific month even to it. So yeah, and I'll just. But give they're not the more, only game. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, I'll just ahead. give one more pushback on the economy side of it. That is a very risky bet to take because as bad as you might want to claim it is right now, it could be three months from now. Yeah. It could be a literal economic disaster so that is a very very tough bet to make and i'm not sure that they're doing that but they might be i don't know but yeah Yeah, i mean i'd be looking at i'd be looking at the whole field and here we've got breath of the wild 2 also delayed Uh, this is one you know my wife played quite a bit of the first one Uh, you know it was recommended on here we bought switches just to be able to play that play the game and she loved it she played through it um, but the number two has been delayed to 2023. So, uh, you know, this is, this was, uh, announced just at the end of March. And so they're putting it out pretty far. Uh, and I, I didn't really see a, that specific of a launch date past that. Um, did you see anything? I just saw 2023 yeah, the well, year. Yeah. Well, that, it was, it was supposed to be out this year everybody was waiting for i mean you're looking at when when breath of the wild came out i mean it came out right after the switch came out so that game has been out since 2017 so you're talking about while it might seem like a new game it's really not yeah. I mean, you're talking about a game no. that's they'll be using you know, a lot of the same old. assets and engine and things though but hopefully they've they've spruced it up uh, they did okay the later they did commit to spring 2023 that's as narrow as they would get spring of 2023 which yeah um but again <laughs> half and, and this this one i'm this one i'm okay with they had never announced yeah. a date in 2012 i'm okay with all of them but in just terms of just yeah. kind of the public perception they said that they would announce a release date in 2022 they didn't and in late march they announced they're going to move it to 2023 that's not terrible yep. unless instead of waiting yep. until august or September and going, huh, 2023, if you're going to do it in March, do it in March, and, and I think I'm okay with that. And for the Zelda fans and the Switch fans, I don't think it matters. They will wait. Uh, it's a first-party game. It's the only Zelda game on the market. It will be the only Zelda game on the market. Um, Nintendo pretty yep. much can do whatever the hell they damn well please. Yep. So, And then we, we have a third game uh, from Ubisoft. This is Roller Champions. And this is kind of like a roller derby, uh, you know, Rocket League style, as they describe it. 
game, uh, and it's been delayed. Uh, it isn't the first delay that they've done, but they're doing late spring as well. Um, now, this one for, well, I think, 2022. Are they saying late spring this year? Is what I they just said late spring, but I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping they're saying this year. No, I don't think so. We're, already, the other, in, we're already in late spring. Well, well here's I mean, the thing. Well, the we're, game, no, we're starting spring. Well, true. Um, the game was supposed to be out in 2021, um, and that didn't happen. So maybe it is. Maybe it is late this year. I, I, I mean, to announce in because they said that it was supposed to be. It would be out in its fiscal 2022-2023 year, That's which not ended March 31st. Well, well, the fiscal years are different. They yeah, don't but line the 2023 our, fiscal year hasn't has. We're only we're only in quarter. They're, we're just they're in quarter two. They they're saying theirs ends on March 31st, 2022. Their 2022 fiscal year or their 2021 fiscal year. They're saying their 2022-2023 fiscal year, which ends on March 31st, 2022, which is that what makes they claim. Absolutely no I sense. know. That doesn't make it. That's why I don't know what year <laughs> they're talking about because the calendar, the fiscal calendars usually aren't off by a whole year plus. Yeah. I mean, typically, like typically your fiscal year will be like in the summer, like June, July, Like August. six months off. Yeah. yeah, well, th- yeah and to so have your... when... <laughs> it doesn't, well, it doesn't make any sense. So they're I French. Don't know. It makes but perfect sense. Their France. calendar must be different. Yeah. So well, next you know. year, either it's going to be uh, spring, late spring of next year, or it's going to be late spring of this year, depending on which 2022 you're, you're looking at, 2023. Well, I can tell you that I am very upset about this. I uh, was patiently yeah. waiting uh, roller champions. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm pissed. Yeah. So, so for we'll see. I was more interested to see the physics, how they got roller skates to look realistic. You know, <laughs> of course, hey, Don, you hey, are. Hey, <laughs> uh, yeah, that well, I was, you know, because that's hard to do in an engine. It's hard to do and make it, you know, they have a hard enough time with bikes and with motorcycles and things like that. Roller blades on your feet when some games can barely get you to walk and look like your feet are attached to the ground. If they're going to do roller blades, I just, I'm interested to see it. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of, curious to we had an opportunity to play it we walked by the booth we didn't play because it, it was really rough at that time uh but i did see them them uh, having a booth at one of the conventions we went to yeah so all right so those uh, are um you wanna... those are a couple of the delays we'll have all those links on our website uh, infectionpodcast.com yeah. hey do you want to talk you were mentioning crypto do you want to talk about crypto and what's been happening yeah, I'd love lately to. With yeah, it? yeah i love a big fan of crypto all right so uh, of course, all these games are trying to adopt crypto, and there was a there's a game where hold on, it's Stop. like a digital. I need to cut yes. you off. Not all of these games are trying to adopt crypto. A lot of games are trying to grift on crypto. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They they are. Uh, so there's this is Axie Affinity, and it's you have these little monsters. Well, crypto thieves ended up robbing it of of six hundred seventeen million dollars. From the, from this uh, game from had so, six hundred million dollars in crypto. Six hundred seventeen million dollars in crypto uh, huh. that they took. So, oh look uh, at this! Yeah, that's just oh, oh, uh, they're they're breeding monsters and Whoa. eggs. Yes, the usual <laughs> having babies, huh? There you go. So and, yeah, and to think six hundred seventeen million out of that game, um, and another one where 
attackers have been targeting some of the Discord bots. So they're getting the Discord bots, uh, the, the NFT-specific Discord bots. So the most popular okay. ones people are using for NFT servers. They're hacking those bots and then stealing cryptocurrency from people. So the people that are in the, the various Discord communities are saying, hey, you know, don't mint anything from any Discord right now. Don't do anything well, on Discord. It has to do this, with crypto. Doesn't this have to do with improper implementation if this stuff is allowed? I mean, I thought one of the whole things with, with, and uh, I know there's a lot of people that know a whole hell of a lot more than I do, so I, I, I will fully admit that. But I thought one of the big advantages of crypto was the security aspect of it and the ability in which it was very hard to uh, spoof and and do things of that nature. And it just seems like with this mad rush that we're seeing, it is not being implemented properly and it is allowing the same. It's it seems like it's going against some of the basic principles of of what it is just because it's not being implemented. They're rushing. Yeah, the issue is people are implementing bank-level technology that's supposed to have bank-level security, and they're running them for little games and, 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 and Discord know, fun apps on their phones and Discord <laughs> chatbots, and they're dealing with hundreds of millions of dollars in these silly well, little hold things. Hold on, Brian. I, was I, when do, someone's I do all of my away. banking. Hold on a second. I do all of my banking through Discord. My bank has got a Discord channel. When I want to check my balance, I go in there. I just type in the chat. Some person gets back to me. Exclamation la- point balance. Yeah, they ask for the last four of my social in the public Discord chat. I give it to them, and, and there's no problem. I always get my balance. So I don't know why you're why you're saying that Discord isn't a good uh, thing for that. So yeah, and so this is. I mean, I started I started my career in banking. I managed networks for a bank, a uh, bank chain. That's how I started, and just. From then uh, to now, the security level change is incredible. Uh, And so that's the problem is these people are coding these things and not doing all the the code reviews and all the things to make sure that all of these these basic hacks are not going to happen. And they're building them on other people's technologies as well, usually. Uh, And so if that that technology gets hacked, um, also you're dealing with the public. So if you can trick a person who's even a you know any kind of a manager in any server, uh, then you could you know get access. It's just you're not dealing with people that are trained to think like a banker, or think like a, a network security engineer. You're dealing with people that think, oh, this is fun, but then they end up somehow accumulating hundreds of millions of dollars doing this fun thing. I, I just think it's kind of a mess, and it's going to keep happening. And they're going to have to figure out how do we handle crypto without putting everybody's money at risk. Because if you don't have good security, that's why I don't really like crypto that much because it's too easy to lose everything. It's like waving your bank bank card around all the time and yelling your pen out. Uh, You know, it's out there on the internet. And if with things like this happening, if they can, if if people who don't secure all their accounts and don't take all the proper steps, you know, they're just, they're going to grift off those people, as as you said earlier. They're just grifting off all these people and getting all this money and, and, you know, and people are stealing it from each other. It's just, it's, it's a mess. It's the wild west of currency is what it really is. Yeah. Total, total grift. Yeah. And, and so the, it's going to keep the, happening until, yeah. until the standards are set and people treat well, it like real money. There are standards, but I think, and you touched on something interesting. You said code review. Of course, there's not code yeah. review, Brian. A lot of these projects are just one or two, one or two guys that you know met each other online yep. and 
um, that and don't know all the proper coding techniques for highly secure portals and things like that. They there's a lot of stuff that that you have to be a seasoned engineer to really do right and to know all the possible problems. Well, these guys are people that you know code code for a job or you know do stuff like what I do, and they aren't treating it like, hey, I need to figure out how to do it at this level. They're just saying, let's make this work. All right, oh, we got it working. Cool. Now let's add this to it. That's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how we made Hangout Canopy back in the day. It, it was, you know, we just cut a piece together saying, hey, this would be a cool feature. Let's add this to it. Uh, and, and, you know, you build something from it. A lot of these apps and things have probably kind of accumulated like that, and they're not built right. They're not built secure, especially exactly. Discord bots. Yeah, I don't even. That's that's like saying that you did your banking via IRC back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did a lot of things via IRC, but that wasn't one of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, uh, borrowing files and things, but yeah, (laughs) telebanking via uh, an MIRC bot is not the most secure thing in the world. (laughs) Yeah. So I just. So if you're if you're into this, I was actually talking to a coworker this morning, and he was he's really into cryptocurrency, and he is just so depressed right now. He's like, "I have lost so much money." <laughs> it's just like, well, you know. And what was one of the other coworkers was like? Well, I I recommended you invest in dollars, and he was like, "Hey, I wish I would listen to you." <laughs> in this point, I recommend money. you invest in. Uh, uh... Uh, who knows what co- now? Co- commodities. Who? Get in. Co- yes, get in the commodities <laughs> yes. market. That's where the money's to be made right now. Yeah. Commodities are where it's at. All right. Yeah, no, yeah. No, this is not financial that. advice. Don't don't listen to us. Um, All right. So Before it, we inter- run out of time, I, I do want to talk about that Twitch. There's a thing that happened at Twitch here recently. Yeah. Uh, did this happen today? No, no. I'm sorry. Uh, this is a different story. No, go ahead. This is a different one. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, this happened five days ago. Okay. But they've ha- they've been adding these features to Twitch. Uh, where, like, for instance, channel boosts. Um, people, they added channel boosts, and then after people paid, uh, they were able to get porn on the front page of Twitch. Because I guess you can channel boost to make that happen, where you can get a, uh, something up, uh, and then they got a channel you know, to go up there that had just porn playing. So all these people, and you got to think, these are kids. I'd be pissed. It's, it's blurred parent. out, but, yeah, you can see uh, real well, right, magic. In this one, yeah. Real Magic playing GTA 5, promoted by the streamer's community. And it's a girl with her yeah, so, breasts exposed. Yeah, so they <laughs> the got playing, the front page. Hold on a second. Let's just look at the Twitch front page. The top thing is a guy playing the drums. Yeah. A, a couple of video games and some boobs. I mean, isn't this just... This yeah. is what Twitch is, though. Let's be perfectly clear. Right? I mean, this is how the internet started, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. Wow. But so this this uh so they've disabled the feature. I'm not sure if they've re-enabled yet. You know, this I'm reading, you know, from 5 days ago and I'm not seeing an update here, but they disabled it because obviously people realized, whoa, if you cheer enough or you know, if you do enough boosting, you can get anything on the front uh, page, which I'm sure they like the short terms, you know, this is Twitch thinking here. Uh but, you know, they got to think of, hmm. But this, this is the trouble, thing. so they're the, going to redo that. The, there's always going to be an issue with this. I mean, anytime you allow, I mean, look at look at the when you know was it during Mountain Dew back in the day it was like oh name our next Mountain yeah. Dew and it was what like some Holocaust joke or something like that that became that that won the name and of course Mountain Dew's like yeah yeah no we're not gonna, we're obviously not going to name our next flavor that I mean it's it's it, when you yeah. allow the internet to run amok which is 
what this is and what you know, these online naming contests are where things get named these ridiculous things. This is what happens. Yeah. You can thank 4chan and yep. Reddit. Yep. And uh, so I just, I, I, I don't know. The Twitch has got things to figure out because they are, they keep pushing back. You know, they, they have this kind of fluctuation between pushing back against the, the female streamers that like to show, I, there's so many things you can't even say a thought whatever uh but they've been pushing back on that a little bit but then uh you know and they act like they have morals but then they'll let all kinds of other things on the network i just don't think they know where to draw the line because they don't really have like a moral line they don't really have a standards line well, like, like what's their line of the they're supposed to follow yeah, and, and and that is you know that that is precisely, and I'm dealing with a little bit this a uh, little bit of this in in my work is as well, Brian. And I don't want to get too much into it. It doesn't. It's not me personally, but it's the the company I work for. And you you touched on something important. You're talking about morals, and that is precisely yeah. the problem. Is you know these these companies, while they say that they are morally just and can justify their actions. By saying we're moral and just, you can look at example act after example after example of them profiting off of the same thing that they yeah. it, that is not moral and just based on their cause or whatever that they are benefiting hugely from. Yeah, yeah, and I I, I just think that Twitch has got to figure it out on their end. Uh, you know, where is this line? Because why are boobs okay over here, but they're not okay over here? Where they'll, you know, and if you really ask Twitch probably to their core, they would say, oh, we think women should be able to show their boobs if they want to because of, of equal rights and all this. Well, I just, I, I, I don't think they will have a line They're, I think they're just trying to stop stuff that's going to get them in trouble, but they don't really care what goes on. The network. No, they <laughs> don't. You know, unless it's hateful. You know, if it's hateful, they don't want it on there. But if it's boobs and, you know, anything sexual, I think if they had their choice and they knew that they wouldn't get just reamed. And it will, because it's Amazon no, when no you really intended. boil down to it. Yeah. I mean, I think they would show anything. The people that are running Twitch, I'm not saying Amazon. I just think Amazon lets this thing run. And I think we got people running a muck of Twitch to let anything go, anything go that, that well, and regardless of morals. From a business aspect, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. It is a, the stuff you're talking about when you look at sites like OnlyFans and other things, they're incredibly popular. I'm not saying that Twitch needs to become a a porn website, but, but just I think it. well, you can age gate it. And, but I think the biggest problem I'm seeing here, and it's not really of a problem, but just my observation is I think Twitch is kind of irrelevant. now. I mean, yeah. I really, I di I think the days of, you know, Oh, if you're live streaming on the internet, anything gaming wise, it needs to be over on Twitch. Brian, I follow a couple of people yeah. that are, um, they're not game streamers. One guy's a weather guy. Um, and uh, what the other guy's a, a programming guy, and I fo I followed them for you know just kind of passively for a couple of years. I tune in whenever you know there's something relevant that I want to listen to, and for years those guys were on Twitch, but both of them have yep. moved their services over to YouTube for their streaming platform. Now I don't know if that's yep. because of um I, I don't know what the reason is, but you know one of the guys and I was watching him before we got on here does a. Uh, you know, and I'm sure you're really surprised I watch this. He does a uh, he does a, like a weather live stream, um, and mm -hmm. and kind of you know comments on what's going on. He's live right now on YouTube, um, 
you know, literally, this is what he's doing. He's literally showing pictures of weather radars. Brian, there's 20,000 people watching this on YouTube right now. 20,000 people. Oh, that's crazy. That's the thing. You've got to find your niche. And I think YouTube's finally getting audiences. Because remember, YouTube really struggled to get oh, the YouTube live, live audiences. freaking terrible. Well, I mean, I was, I, I was one of the first people making apps. Uh, my, my friend and I that made Hangout you know, Canopy, we were one of the first people making apps for YouTube Live. We made all of the transcription and all the, the ASL type of apps that they have for it. We, we made those. Uh, it, they, there were, was barely anybody using it early on. It was a very small service. Uh, and it's really grown. So yeah. I think that now you see a lot of people figuring out how to use the communities and get people to actually fund them. And I think there's better funding options on YouTube than there are here on Twitch. And that, well, and, and the other key thing to note too is there are alternative funding options. So you can yeah. use any platform you want and use things like Stream Elements or Stream Labs or uh, all of these various donation websites. So you don't need to be locked into the Twitch yep. ecosystem. What Twitch has essentially just turned into is what, for, when Twitch first kind of became what it was, they had all of it. They allowed monetization. Yep. You could run ads. You could make money. There was a community aspect of it, the chat. But all of that has kind of been picked off into these smaller services where Twitch is essentially just a regular CDN now. They're really, they're, I don't think their directory service is all that great. I don't think their no. recommendations are any good. YouTube has really picked up their recommendations over the past couple of months, at least in my vantage point. Yep. YouTube is serving me a lot of recommended content that I actually want to watch, which I very much appreciated. And Twitch is really, yeah. at this point, nothing more than just a CDN. And at that, when you're just a CDN, people will choose elsewhere. They'll go over to, yeah. to YouTube. They'll go to some of these other platforms like Odyssey and do their live streaming over there. Or go to some of these obs more obscure platforms like Vaughn TV or, or some of these other live streaming sites. They don't need to stay on Twitch. Yeah, and I and I think we've been seeing a lot of the big names move, and I, th I think a lot of it comes down. Well, to, they're banning them. Well, they're, what about Destiny? Yeah, Destiny drama. got banned. Destiny got is Destiny got banned for Twitch for some stupid bullshit that that went on. They're banning people left and right. Yet the person that threatens to blow up Twitch threatens to go commit a mass shooting at Twitch gets their appeal revoked or rather their ban revoked they get put back on the platform and then they kill themselves so it's like yeah, I, what, what, what is what is going on here it's it's a very odd platform right now yeah and i, I think that it's prime for something else coming in because i i don't know of a lot of people that are really sitting and just watching twitch i mean there's people that go watch twitch for certain shows that go watch twitch for certain people but I don't see the people really surfing Twitch like they used to. I just think it's it's kind of dying away a little bit. And if you look, Twitch, the cuts that they take and, and the cheers and all that, it's not very good for the person producing content. Uh, and over at YouTube, I think they give them better subscription options and ways to where the person creating the content actually gets a bigger part of the cut. I think that makes a big difference to people when that's what how you're making your money. And if, they're t if it's a difference between 20%, that matters. Um, J Rock says the only reason I come to Twitch is to watch the show. Well, thank you, J Rock. We appreciate yeah. that. Uh, I just went to the Twitch uh, browse page, and the top category, of course, is uh, is just chatting. And the top streamer right now, Brian, is actually, uh, I believe, it's a Spanish cooking show that's got forty thousand people watching it. That is the top in the most chatting category on Twitch right now. It's live. It's not like a, you know, it's not a pre-recorded show. It's a live cooking show. These guys are these guys are cooking as we speak, but. 
as you can see yeah. from the graphics, um, it is not English. So yeah, maybe that's playing that's into crazy. it as well. Yeah, yeah. And maybe other countries are using Twitch more. I, you know, I just think in America we're going to YouTube, and you know, and and it works. And and I think that they've been less politic, you know, politicky of talking about it. You know, whatever they do in the back end is them. But I think they've been less in your face about anything with politics uh, lately. You know, and just been trying to be quiet because at first they started banning. You know, Trump and doing all this stuff. I think for the last year, it seems like they've kind of sh shut up and uh, I, you don't see YouTube talking politics. Politics happens on YouTube. Some bannings happen here and there, but it seems like they're much less vocal. Because I remember years ago, they had somebody in charge of YouTube who would talk a lot and uh, yeah, seem to well, get well, them in a lot of trouble. She's still there. Um, is she still there? Well, she's been whatever, quiet. Whatever like, her name is. Susan, Susan Wachowski or whatever. Yeah. Seems like um, she's quit talking lately. Well, of course. So, you, know, you piss off everybody. and nobody. Yeah, you just piss off everybody, and and that's what happens. So yeah, I'm not. I I just don't. I don't. I don't think Twitch is Twitch is Twitch is a skeleton of what it was, uh, even five yeah. or six years ago, where it was the platform. And and even for myself, yeah. you would just go to the Twitch website. You knew every around. major streamer was there. Yeah, and like, I will be honest with you, they, w they wouldn't be anywhere else. So I don't use Twitch outside of this show. I don't watch anything on Twitch at all. Nothing. I don't literally, personally, literally I don't. nothing. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. So I, I don't even. Yeah, and that's the thing is I've tried opening up the page and it's just like the people that I used to watch aren't on Twitch anymore. And the games that I used to watch, well, some of them aren't on Twitch anymore. And it's just like, okay, well, I, you know, I'm not going to go surfing. If anything, I'd go maybe go look some Unreal Engine people working in the, in the new Unreal Engine 5 or something to go watch them. That's probably about it. I wouldn't be watching games on there. Yeah. Well, pour one out for Twitch. Darn. Yeah. Yeah, we will see. We will see what happens. So we'll see if they figure that out and bring it back. Um, um, do you, do you want to end up? Yeah, we have time for maybe one or two more. Yeah, yeah, we got a couple of minutes. I want to talk about GTA. Um, GTA has been out for cl uh, literally a decade at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, 10 years, GTA 5. And they are still, Brian, marketing the living crap out of GTA 5 and some of its services. Yeah. I saw a commercial during what was it that i was watching it was a major sporting event i think it was the i think it was sat yeah it was saturday night when i was watching duke and unc play in the uh, ncaa tournament in the the final four which is by the way the second largest televised audience for a um ncaa final four game and there, i'm sitting there I got, I got a couple i got my girlfriends over a couple of friends over watching it and i'm sitting next to my buddy sam and you know we're we're talking, and then we both look up, and there's a freaking Grand Theft Auto commercial on TV, and I'm like, well, what is this? 2013? Um, but they yeah. are advertising and rolling out a new monthly subscription service called GTA Plus, yep. um, that yep. went live a couple of days ago. Went live. Um, actually, I think it was like ago. 11. Actually, it was a week. Yeah, a week ago. Yeah, we just so covered it last week. So. It went live a week ago. Um, and they are offering a this service, which is available on the PS5 and Xbox Xbox Series X slash S. And there, yeah. it's a, a, an online membership program, and it gives you various in-game bonuses and perks, yeah, money, um, yep, access to uh, special vehicle upgrades. Yep, discounts on the things in game it's six dollars a month so it's uh relatively 
inexpensive, I guess, compared to other services, but I am just absolutely dumbfounded, Brian, how they have been able to continue to profit off of a decades old game and and yeah. profit off of it handsomely. They're not just well, like yes, trickling well. <laughs> in some cash. They are raking in dollars with this game. And it just goes to show you age doesn't matter. Technology doesn't matter. Gameplay is what matters. When you really break it down, content and gameplay is what matters. Yep. And that's why GTA yep. has been so successful. I, can, I, was, well, and it, I, I was beside myself when I saw the commercial. I was like, holy shit. I cannot believe that I'm seeing in primetime basketball a freaking Grand yep. Theft Auto commercial. I mean, it was in, it, it, it's insane for a 10-year-old game. Well, and look, J-Rock in chat, he says, I've spent way too much money on JT, GTA 5. This is the perfect thing for that type of player because this is for the type of, because there's a lot of people that play it religiously and they buy those shark cars and they put money into it. This is the kind of thing, it's like a season pass for those players where on games, there's games that I have where I'm like, I wish I had a season pass, you know, because I would then put money into it because if I put money into it without a season pass, I know I'll put way more money than I want to. But if you put a season pass in there, I'll trickle you money throughout the year so that I know how much I ended up spending. That's the perfect because people will just keep this going. So they get the 500,000, you know, GTA uh, bucks to their bank account every month and all the different uh, things they do. This is the way to keep this game going. Plus, they're splitting off GTA online, you know, to its own client. So Mm -hmm. it's not reliant on the main game. They can start doing updates to it and integrating things from the new GTA when it comes out. And make this whole side world that's online that they can keep making money on regardless of what version GTA is on. I, you know, they're doing the same thing with Red Dead. It was they did. It was estimated that in 2020, now that's a couple of years ago, but it was on average, it was estimated that GTA 5, which we'll throw GTA Online into that, makes roughly $911 million a year. And the game has made over $9 billion yeah. since it came out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and they're getting ready to release another one. And so they can keep this side money trickling in, get people paying subscriptions and get, per, you know, then you'll get perks in the new game that you also purchase and play for the next 10 years. Uh, and this one, I'm really excited because they always push the technology. They push the limits uh, and they, they do things in their games that just other games aren't doing yet. Well, because when the you... problem is you, you're comparing GTA 5 now to games that have been out for, you know, 10 years later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's the problem. Well, and it was expensive when they made it. I mean, they spent yeah, what th- I think they spent like 300 million dollars developing the game, which was yeah. for the time by the way, they don't even spend 300 million dollars making movies. Like you're talking yeah. about an unbelievable budget for a property. But they're making yep. nearly just looking at this, um, they're making about $3 million a day in profit yep. on the game. Still, yeah. 10 year, 11 years base, later, actually. Your code base has started 10 years ago, or more, 12, 12 years ago. Yeah. More. You know what I'm saying? So it's just crazy. And so this is them capitalizing on that and allowing that current population to not have their version of the game die out. Because what happens when you put out a new version? What's going to happen to all these GTA 5 people? Uh, you, 
you're going to lose a big part of your audience. If you can funnel them off into their own individual app, the fact that GTA 6 comes out will have no effect on this audience now because people won't feel like they have to leave GTA 5 and go to GTA 6. They will be, they have GTA Online and then they have the local, you know, the other one that they're playing, which will be GTA 6. It's just, it's very smart. I mean, Rockstar just, they, they are way ahead usually. They're very, very smart because the way, how edgy they make their games, especially now, if they make a game that's edgy, when people can't make edgy games anymore, people are going to buy that up like crazy People because people are tired of it. And I think that when a game comes out that doesn't have to follow the rules and can say edgy jokes and can make fun of everybody equally, which is what they've always done, if it comes out with that same mentality, I think it'll be really popular. If there's any change to where they're scaling back and trying to make it more sensitive for anybody, I think it's going to kill the brand. Uh, you know, this next version, I think will make a big difference. But at least this, they can kind of keep their side thing going, make their game. If that game tanks, they still don't lose all their GTA Online people, which is bringing them in lots of money. I just think they're they're separating out their companies a little bit and getting it to where versions, when they come out, I, did they expect 10 years later people still be playing this game when they made it? I doubt it. I don't think they counted on it. I don't think they no. expected it. It's not your plans. No, not at all. Exactly. You know, you expect you expect some sort of life from a game like GTA, but uh, whoever, I mean, and again, what does it come down to? Good content and good gameplay. That's why people are playing it. And, and, the, and them knowing the market and, and capitalizing on on letting people play the game and letting people mod it enough to do crazy things with it and really enjoy it. I mean, you know, they gave enough people enough flexibility to make cool things, get people hooked on the game. Uh, but well, still, they control it enough to where it's not crazy. And maybe this crazy concept, Brian, and oh, I know, don't I mean, I understand. This crazy concept of giving the audience and the players, a.k.a. the customers, what they want. I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know, crazy thought, but give them what they want, and they will come, and you will make $9 billion off of a game. I mean, this, yeah. That's that's old school thinking. I mean, who yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, what they want yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah exactly. They don't so. they don't know what's good for them. You know, if you haven't figured that out. Yeah, Twitch knows what's good for you. Good stuff. All right. Yeah. Um. Well, we're uh, we're about at that time here, Brian, where we uh, yep. round out the uh, program. Where can uh, people find you on the internet? All right. Well, first of all, if you want to find me at Brian Aldridge on Gab Parlor, Getter, and various places on the internet, uh, you can do that, or you can go to biteuptech.com. And I'll have links to various places that I'm available and ways to contact me. If you want to go to our website, infectionpodcast.com, I encourage you to go join our Discord server first because we have a place where you can submit news topics. If there's a topic or a game, something we should be covering that we're missing or uh, some insight that you want to give, put it in the news channel. Also, you can contact Nick and I through there. If you want to watch the video forms, we have Twitch, YouTube, BitChute, and DLive available. Uh, the audio forms at the lower right-hand side for whatever kind of podcatcher device you have, uh, even desktop based apps a lot of them will work uh there at the lower right hand side but those are all re- uploaded after the fact so none of those work live uh, if you are going to be listening after the fact we'll have uh, uploaded the show notes for that particular episode so you can click on that episode there's a built-in video player audio player and also links for each topic and, and source that we go and uh, refer to for this episode so uh, if you're going to do that really will help if you're listening to be able to watch videos, a lot of useful things, and things that are very graphic intensive, especially when you're showing things for Unreal Engine 5 and things like that. Uh, if you want to support us, we have infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Where, uh, Prime Gaming Subs, Humble Bundle, uh, lot of subscribe star, a lot of ways that you can support the show, and uh, we appreciate those that do. 
Absolutely. We appreciate those who do. And uh, Brian, appreciate you. Thanks for all that you do. And we will yep, no uh, be back here next Tuesday for another episode. Yep. See you again soon. Alrighty, thanks, Brian. Uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, joining us here on this uh, episode 377 of Infection, the Survival Podcast. If you want to check me out online, you can do so by visiting my website, both nickcraig.com and nickcraig.net, and download the Wilmington's Morning News Podcast each and every weekday, three days of local, statewide, and national politics uh, delivered three hours a day. If you missed any portion of this program, you can visit our website. It's infectionpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.